I want to welcome you guys to session number 221 of the MLM Success Podcast. The title of this session is The Paradigm Shift of 1995, We Create Millionaires. I guess the real question is, where have all the network marketing millionaires gone? You know, I've heard it said that the best way to predict the future is to understand the past. And I can count on a couple of hands the number of people that truly understand the past of network marketing and are actively daily in the field building teams today. Yes, there's a lot of people out there that have been around longer than I have or as long as I have. They have their big toe in the water, but very few are still in the swim meet, you know, passionately swimming towards the gold medal. I believe there's nothing more important for a network marketer today then understanding what I call the network marketing paradigm shift of 1995 if they want to achieve their true upside potential with the network marketing business model. So that's what we're going to be talking about on this session of the MOM Success Podcast. Welcome to the MLMSuccess.com podcast, the show designed to return the network marketing industry to its roots of personal growth, leadership development, and wisdom of the ages success principles. We share with you real success stories from real people that we hope will inspire and encourage you personally and help you progress forward in your business and your life. We believe if you build people, people will build the business. Now here is your host who has been called the number one mind in network marketing, the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small-town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've had an awesome week. I hope this session, the paradigm shift of 1995, creates a paradigm shift for you in 2021 or at the time of this recording, it's 2021 or whenever you're listening to it. Uh, I hope you and yours have had a wonderful Valentine's Day weekend. At the time of this recording, Don and I just got back. We returned from an awesome vacation in Florida. I think we both really feel renewed and refreshed and excited about 2021, the year to come. Uh, before I get into this session, I need to really apologize publicly to Borez and our Hungarian team. Uh, I dropped the ball. I don't know what happened. I thought I had everything confirmed. I obviously got the dates mixed up and not sure how it happened, but I do look forward to rescheduling the Hungarian quick start training in the very near future. And I just wanted to say that publicly. Also, I had a couple of emails from listeners that really enjoyed last week's uh, podcast where we covered the article that Robert Blackman had had written. And a lot of you were saying, Dale, man, the article, the content was awesome. Uh, but what you said, you really didn't make the point why inner circle coaching and training programs are a waste of time. You really didn't do a very good job with that. So on our drive back from – Florida yesterday, I did something that I normally rarely do. I can't stand to listen to myself or my own podcast. 
But you guys, I did on the way back from Florida, and you guys and gals that sent me an email were right. I really did a lousy job of making the point. So before we get into this session, here it is. Here's what I believe. If you want to create a six-figure income in network marketing, the best thing you can probably do is to make sure that you're in the right culture, with the right company, the right focus, at the right time, that you're not caught up in the social club environment that absolutely appeals to mediocrity and whose main goal is to just tell you what you want to hear so you'll stay on auto ship one more month. Most need, most people that I speak with really do need to make a pivot and change and get with a, a company or a team that has a culture that creates and inspires greatness. The best coaching programs in the world will do you little good if you're with the wrong company, the wrong team at the wrong time in history, because we become that which we hang around with. You know, our parents told us, you know, be careful who you hang around with, right? You become what you hang around with. So many of us have watched this entire profession move from one based upon truth and personal accountability and work ethic to become what it is today. And so if if you're trying to get to that $100,000 a year mark, then the most important thing you can that you need to be aware of is the culture in which you're involved with. And then if you're already making $100,000 a year plus or a full-time income, then and you need to refine your skill sets and the mindsets and the training systems for your team, then I believe that the right coaching program like the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy, which I briefly mentioned last week, is no longer, uh, it's not open, and I don't see it really ever opening again. But something like that can be the best investment you ever make because it is your responsibility as a leader to create a culture for your team that's authentic, truthful, inspires greatness and accountability. So that's what I was trying to say last week. I didn't do a very good job. I agree, but I hope that helps. And it's a subject that I'll probably revisit sometime in the future. So in a net, in a nutshell, proper coaching without the wrong with with without the right team culture is a waste of time and money. You can get the best coaching in the world, but if you're in the wrong culture, it's not going to do you that much good. Full-time earners need to understand that the systems must be in place to give the 27%ers a chance a chance for growth and progress. So let's get back into the paradigm shift of 1995 to understand the present and the future. We have to understand the past. And I could get into a lot of history regarding the Industrial Revolution and what happened in the United States and how it created, it changed people from a state of being self-sufficient people to dependence on big companies and a weekly paycheck. We could go way back and start talking about that. Um you know, in my opinion, it was like in the early 1900s, free enterprise was just starting to be forced out of people, for lack of a better term. Then, you know, later on, the whole 
broken philosophy about go to school, get a good education, go to work for a good company. That whole philosophy started. And when I started in the network marketing profession back in 1980, that philosophy of go to school, get a good education, go to work for a good company was just mainstream, unquestionable. That's what you do. If you want to be successful, go to school, get a good education, go to work for a good company. So we that was one of the things that we had to to fight back then. It's like, you know, formal education will make you a living, but if you become self-educated with the right trend, the right uh the right opportunity at the right time in history, a formal education will make you a living, but if you become self-educated, you can create a fortune. But, you know, the 40-40-40 plan was something we used to talk about all the time. You know, you go to school and so you can go to work for 40 years for a company to work up to $40,000 a year to to retire with a $40 gold watch. You know, and I always said so many times back in the early 80s when I'm speaking to organizations, look, if you want a nine-to-five job, you can go to a communist country and have that. But – you know, people don't talk about this philosophy much anymore because it's really been totally debunked for the most part. I mean, I think people understand, you know, that depending on a company to take care of you for 40 years is not a real good uh, game plan for life. And unfortunately, you see more and more people who are now depending on the government than they are the corporations which is really deeper and more a much more frightening conversation that I'm definitely not going to get into today. Uh, but that's the state in which we are. So the network marketing business model was really born out of the personal development movement. That's what started the network marketing business model. People feeling like they were trapped in big companies and, and trapped working for somebody else. You know, the classic book, Think and Grow Rich, was written, first published in 1937. The Richest Man in Babylon was was published in 1926. And the personal development movement started around that time. And then the big three, uh, Shackley was started in 1956, Amway in 1959, and Mary Kay in 1963. And those were the big three network marketing companies uh, that really started this movement. The 1960s, uh, network marketing was kind of in its formulation, uh, foundational stages. It was attracting a lot of moms who wanted to stay home with their kids and and didn't want to enter the workforce. Uh, and it attracted a lot of career-frustrated, entrepreneurial-minded 27 percenters who understood the traps of companies and corporations, the illusion of the corporate ladder, and people that just wanted to be free. You know, they didn't want to have to report somewhere every day and eat when the bell rang and take their break when the bell rang, and they wanted to just be free. And network marketing companies back then were personal development companies with compensation plans attached that could create freedom and financial independence in three to five years for those that worked hard, developed new skill sets and mindsets, and those that understood that formal education makes you a living, but if you become self-educated, you can create a fortune. 
these people got real clear in understanding the difference between earning a weekly paycheck and creating an ongoing residual income, a business that produces ongoing residual income. I mean, they aren't internalized quotes from people like J. Paul Getty, who said, I'd rather earn 1% of 100 people's efforts than 100% of my own efforts. And, I mean, you had a lot of inspired people who saw a better way. I mean, I never will forget the first time I understood and saw residual income. I thought, my goodness, why would anybody not work towards building residual income? If they have that opportunity, I mean, it was unbelievable for me. So in the early 60s, the movement was started. Then, uh, you know, you had companies besides the big three, like Herbalife started in 1980, uh, New Skin in 84. Uh, National Safety Associates was actually started in 1970, but they moved into a network marketing structure and introduced the water filtration systems back in 1986. And every company in the profession, every single one during this time, had a philosophy that if we build people, people will build the business. If we help people grow, learn, develop, become all they can become. They understood that the real product is people, I think. And they were really personal development companies with compensation plans attached and they were helping people get free, control their own finance, and control their own financial future. So when when I entered the profession in 1980, I mean, really, it was the only game in town uh, that could give average people the opportunity uh, to get free, get to a six-figure in- income. Uh, even life-altering income, and possibly the opportunity for legacy wealth. I mean, there was no other program like that. I mean, I used to buy all the rag publications, the work-at-home magazines that were on the newsstand and would send away for everything. And some of you remember bronze and baby shoes and growing earthworms in your basement and uh, they all laughed when they said I was when I said I was going to clean carpets for a living and how to start an own, your own carpet cleaning business and the list goes on and on and on, but none of those businesses offered residual income. And back then, you know, network marketing it, they were all closed cultures, and this is a real important concept: the concept of closed cultures with. So they were closed cultures with compensation plans attached, personal development programs, and every company in the profession, Amway, Mary Kay, New Skin, Herbalife, Shackley, every company in the profession had stories of newbies who had entered the profession, never been involved in network marketing because it wasn't mainstream back then. There, was, there, there wasn't that many companies. But new people that joined and got started and got plugged in and then in less than five years were earning 100000 plus a year, had quit their job and were full-time. It was common in every company. I mean, they were common stories. People got in. They'd never been involved in network marketing before. 
A lot of them never been involved in any type of management or team building or sales, but they got plugged into the personal development philosophies, the mindset training that was the, the biggest part of those companies. Those of you in Amway know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you that were in Amway, I, I never was, but I've heard more Amway audio cassettes than most people that were in Amway. And it was common for people. Every company had people that got in, no background, no experience, and were making 100000 plus within five years. It was a three- to five-year game plan to financial independence. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? And that's what this profession was. And, you know... Um, Last year, I've talked about this. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but, you know, I started to ask myself, you know, how can that be created again? Can it be? Has the network marketing business model gotten so off off track that that's not going to happen anymore? Can it ever be recreated? And those are the kind of questions I was asking myself. And honestly, I just had to accept the fact that the stars were never going to line up again that this profession had gone gotten so far off track with so much misinformation that was propagated throughout the profession that I just didn't see how that was ever going to happen again. And, you know, uh, so that's where I was, you know, less than a year ago. But I do understand this, that, Movements, and it doesn't matter whether we're, whether we're talking about the network marketing movement that happened or any other movement, they go through certain stages and then they have the formulation of the foundational stages. And if that's based upon wisdom, many times it's not, but if it is based upon wisdom, then it will produce growth. And undoubtedly, when things start really booming and growing, as network marketing was, and network marketing, again, a three- to five-year game plan to financial independence. And what happens is when things really start booming, the people start competing, and they start looking for shortcuts, and they move into a mode that's called speculation. And they try to find quicker, faster, easier ways, shortcuts to make it happen. Because for whatever reason, a three- to five-year game plan to financial independence didn't seem like it was good enough anymore. And once a movement gets into speculation, then you have speculation built upon speculation built upon speculation built upon shortcuts. And it becomes a mess. And the only way for a movement to ever return to the core foundation that created the growth was to get back to the f- core foundational principles. So that's where, what kind of has happened to the industry over the years. I mean, prior to 1985, I mean, when I got involved in 1980, it was the only game in town. If you wanted to create financial independence in three to five years, uh, or maybe it wasn't the only game, but it was the game that made the most sense because of the residual income that could be created. You know, a lot of people had time, no money. Some people have money, no time. And this was the only opportunity and still the best today that gives people the opportunity to create both time and money. 
So prior to 1985, we were the only game in town. If you really wanted to break out of the nine to five rat race. And then around 95, 96, cable TV became pretty prominent. Uh, excuse me, about around 85, cable TV became pretty prominent and, uh, it was starting to become kind of mainstream and cable TV companies were popping up everywhere all over the United States and networks like the USA network, you know, prior to that time, we all got three channels. Some of you remember that there was three channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, that was it. And then when cable hit, you know, you had like the Lifetime Network and USA Network and so on and so forth. Some of you remember when all this happened. And then what a lot of that programming was people like Carlton Sheets, the real estate guy, uh, Don LaPree, you know, the tiny little classified ads guy. And uh, of course, Dean Graziosi, who's kind of a real estate personal development guru today, Dean Graziosi, I remember his first infomercial and it was on flipping cars, buying cars and fixing them up a little bit and reselling cars. It was on flipping automobiles, but this whole, uh, there's entrepreneurs that entered the cable TV infomercial type programming. And of course, Herbalife did this in a huge way. Our company later on also entered uh, entered that uh, infomercial market. Some of you may have seen our infomercial. I think it's on YouTube. Uh, but so for the first time, there was a little bit of competition for entrepreneurial-minded, career-frustrated uh, people that were trapped in a corporate environment as well as moms who wanted to stay home with their kids. There was there was starting to be a little bit of competition, but it really didn't affect us at all. I mean, in 93, network marketing was booming. And that was the first time Success Magazine did the We Create Millionaires issue. And that's when Success Magazine was really Success Magazine. And, you know, they made the statement in that, first article that came out that network marketing companies last year paid out over six billion dollars in commissions to distributors and created over 600 millionaires and in 93 after that article hit we saw a all types of professionals that started entering the industry. People were starting to realize, hey, this is real. You know, that thing my Aunt Harriet's doing, you know, there's people in that company making, you know, six figures monthly. And you saw a real influx of professionals. And the profession was absolutely booming. I mean, I, I can remember just being so fired up at that time. And everybody was, and people were just progressing month after month, and attitudes and expectations were high, uh, attracting more professionals than ever before. And this is an important point. Those professionals bought, brought with them their transferable skills and their egos. Three percenters. They brought with them to the profession 
their transferable skills, and their egos. And a lot of them, unfortunately or fortunately for them, were able to get businesses started and off the ground and moving forward pretty quickly with the skill sets, mindsets, credibility, network of people that they knew when they started. And But what you ended up with these large organizations of people with leaders, quote-unquote, who thought that everyone that joined them could do what they did to get their business launched, not understanding the advantage that they had when they entered. So in 1995 is really a, a couple years after the first We Create Millionaires article is when the paradigm shift happened, in my opinion. And a lot of people like to blame the Internet for the dissipation within the profession, but it was happening, and I was in the middle of it, and it was happening before the Internet was mainstream and in every home in the United States. After 93, you start seeing shortcuts just flood the market. Uh, a lot of gimmick comp, comp plans, you know, little two-level plans, 15 on your first level, 45% on your second. Some of you remember those gimmick comp plans. Uh, you started in the in the magazine publications. You started seeing a shift to people trying to compete with other companies and other products. Some of you remember the Pignogenol Wars. Grapeseed extract is better than pine bark extract and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And you had all these Pignogenol companies and chromium picolinate companies. Everybody was trying to compete with everybody. And... It was really a very, very interesting time. And I remember distinctly coming to going to our owner and said, look, we want to come out with Bicnogenol. It's a hot product. Instead of having trying to get into the conversation on is pine bark better than grapeseed extract, let's produce a product that has both. We'll have, you know, 10 milligrams of pine bark, 10 milligrams of grapeseed extract, and we'll kick everybody's rear end. And we did with that product. It's a phenomenal product. But you saw all this happening. And, you know, you would see ads like, you know, we do 90% of the work and you keep 100% of the check. And the whole movement towards appealing to the mediocrity in people in this profession started. And and never before had this profession been about competing with each other. Our our competition was always the nine to five people that were stuck in that environment. It, but we started competing with the, with each other. We saw programs like ProStep, which was it was two hundred dollars a month, and you got two hundred leads of people that wanted to know more about your business, and other, many other lead programs started instead of teaching people how to become a master at lead generation. Uh, you, you, we Again, shortcuts. Here's people that want to join your team. Pay me $200 a month. And of course, it had a compensation plan attached to it. And there's some network marketing gurus today that nobody would have ever known who they were but if they hadn't built uh, with ProStep. Um, they never built a team, but they were they were good at selling leads. They were good at selling leads. So then you had you had genealogy leads and people that were because at this time there was a lot of people that were jumping in a lot of 
you know, entrepreneur minded people that would just find a product and a comp plan and throw everything together because PCs now were becoming mainstream. You didn't need the huge computers to run genealogy reports. And there was software where you could run, you know, you'd start a network marketing company in your basement. And so company was, would hit with a bunch of hype and, you know, they would last six months, a year, two years, go out of business. And then people were selling the genealogy leads of the distributors that were in the Goat Unlimited or whatever the program was. It hit and left. And it just got crazy. So the paradigm shift of 1995, what really happened at that point in time in history is we got away from the core fundamentals that created growth of build people, people build the business. And, and the industry as a whole started focusing on recruiting each other instead of attracting career frustrated people that were caught in the nine to five hamster wheel. We got away. Our focus was to compete with each other instead of understanding that our competition is the nine to five job. So that happened prior to the internet, but by 2000, the internet was mainstream and virtually in every home in America. Uh, and at this point, the misinformation, misinformation and telling people what they want to hear so people could sell them what they want to sell them, uh, just <laughs> flooded the market. And the propaganda was really in full force. And you saw people saying stupid, stupid things like throw away your warm market list. And it was all in a state of speculation uh, and a movement away from the fundamentals that created growth. And again, I've talked about this multiple times. Well, maybe not publicly, but I have with my personal organization if you really believe in what you're doing, then you will have an obligation to share it with those that you love the most. Not trying to convince, not trying to convince amateurs, try to convince professional sort, but to not at least expose people that you care about and love to what you're doing and to your opportunity is a lack of belief. So you need to work, you need, you need to have belief in what you're doing to the point where you feel obligated to share it with people that you care about. But again, you had a lot of people, Ann Sieg, gosh, never built anything. But of course, she was going to share with you the seven lies of network marketing. And then you, you, you saw publications, ebooks hit the market like uh, magnetic sponsoring. And, you know, the guy that wrote that, uh, I, I respect. There's, I mean, I, re- I sincerely do. And, and I understand that there's some people that are sincere, but some people that are just sincerely wrong. And but you know, broke P.F. Chang wait, waiter uh, struggled in network marketing, never made any money in network marketing, but comes up with this idea of running Google AdWords to prospect, and it just caught on like wildfire, and he made hundreds of thousands of dollars selling a book and a concept that was still in virtually unproven, and. You know, it is what it is. It just is what it is. So around this time, around 2000, I I just saw the writing on the wall. At the time, I owned my own network marketing company. I sold it. I was done. 
I, I just I just can't do this anymore. I've seen the greatest opportunity in the history of the world just kind of disintegrate once the internet was in full swing, and it, it, it's it was very disheartening. But I was done. Uh, the network marketing business model would never never again be what it once was. I'd done everything that I could up to that point. I, I wrote the book, Why the Masses of Network Marketers Are Frustrated, Confused, and Don't Have a Clue What They're Doing. If you're a leader and you haven't read that, mlmmasses.com. Uh, I had done the scam tape. Today we have the scam two available free to anybody, scam the numeral two, dot com. But I didn't understand this at the point because I didn't learn this concept of a movement and how movement starts. I learned this years afterwards, but when a movement gets away from the core fundamentals that created growth, there's always unintended consequences. And see, I, I believe there was sincere people like the P.F. Chang waiter that was trying to help people. I really do. But I also know there was a ton of scammers that were just going to tell people what they wanted to hear so they could sell them what they wanted to sell them. And a lot of these lead programs and a lot of stuff that was going on that just made no sense. Again, teach a man to fish. He fishes for a lifetime. Give a man a fish. He fishes for a day. And and we could go on and on. I'm not going to. But, you know, I supported the profession every way I possibly could. And I just decided, you know what, I'm done. Uh, I'm going to build. I'm done from building teams. I'm going to build other businesses outside the network marketing industry. And what I've learned since that time over the years is I love building businesses. I, I really do. But what I really love more is building teams. But, you know, there's just too many red flags uh, with too many companies in network marketing. And so I just wanted to do other things. And, you know, I can easily support those that had already decided to build a team. But personally, I just wanted to do other things because, again, the stars just weren't lining up. So in 2000, uh, I had made millions and millions and millions of dollars in network marketing. We developed an organization with over 200 six-figure earners on our personal team. Uh, I saw the shift that was happening. I saw the industry slipping into dissipation, and that's what happens. You go from growth, and then we start speculating, and once you start speculating, you fall into dissipation. And, you know, the, the network marketing industry in the United States, the overall sales volumes were starting to drop, and, and it just peaked in 95. And I, it took me a long time to accept that. I did everything I could between 95 and 2000. Uh, but, you know, once the Internet hit and closed cultures could no longer be developed that were based upon wisdom of the ages principles, uh, the, the, the whole profession just got overrun. So in 1995, um, eBay was started. And in 1999... Um, I remember seeing uh, a segment on Dateline, and I'll never forget this. It's that 
they were talking about eBay and this online auction site. I didn't even know what eBay was in 1999. And they said that over 100,000 people report making over $100,000 a year with eBay. And I thought, what? How could that be possible? And I've never heard of it. And again, in 1999, I didn't even know what eBay was. But after I sold my company in 2000 and we just wanted to do other things, by 2002, uh, I had put together Dale Calvert's online auction U, the website still still up, and uh, a, a course that we sold thousands of these courses for fourteen hundred ninety seven dollars, explaining the entire business model from A to Z, and I was speaking at internet marketing conferences virtually every weekend, and I mean I was it was it was weird because in that world I for a while I became the eBay guy. And we had students and from all over the world, and we were teaching people eBay. But see, what I did the, the two years before that is I was going to auctions, auction houses, three a week. I was doing I, – I, I proved the concept. I did the deal. Uh, we, were make, we never made less than $10,000 with eBay when we were focused on building out this this – this full time. I mean, I would go to some auctions and, uh, I mean, I would spend, I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. I'm not even going to get into it. The DVD that I originally did, one of the workshops is still on eBay. I think it's called how to make $5,000 a month with eBay and online auctions. So I'm not going to get into all that, but it was good. It was really good. I was having a good time. I was helping people, not at the level that I was able to with network marketing, but, but you know, we were doing events, like I said, everywhere. And then eBay had brought in a new CEO who, in my opinion, just destroyed the, the whole eBay culture, Meg Whitman. Uh, and, you know, the sellers became evil and uh they stopped they messed with the feedback system and it was it was a mess really and i realized hey this is this is this is definitely going in the wrong direction and i've always believed you know prior to that we were in the process of putting together a franchise idea called we sell it for you where people could bring in their stuff from their attic or their garage and people could list it and sell it on eBay for them and then just take a percent of the profits. And we, we had started our initial franchise concept around that. But then as I saw eBay, the whole culture continue to go down and down. I knew that that's not what I should be doing. And, you know, prior to that, I said, my gosh, we can, we can make millions of dollars just franchising this. We sell it for you concept. And, but if the opportunity to earn a million dollars, if it changes, then you got to pivot because our time's the most valuable asset that we have. It is. And a good question to ask yourself, if, if you, if, if, are you interested in making money with network marketing or building a business, a real business that will make you money and create a lifetime residual income for your family? And see, I think so many people in network marketing today, they're trying to make money from network marketing instead of really building a real business with real people, real customers that can create a lifetime residual income for your family. 
but so I, I did the, the eBay thing for a while and, uh, and, and it, it went down the tubes and now it's starting. Thankfully, it's starting to come back up. eBay is a little bit. And I've done a lot of different things and studying and learning all the time. And then we started a business called D&D Publishing. Um, we were one of the early Kindle publishers and it was phenomenal. We had people that loved to write, loved to write about different strange subjects, different subjects. And they just loved to write, but they they didn't have an entrepreneurial bone in their body, but they loved to write. So we had people writing books for us uh, in multiple different niches under mul- multiple different pen names. We had the people that were talented at doing the covers. And we started a whole – Donna and I started a whole Kindle, Kindle publishing business, and we worked on that for about a year and a half and every single month our, our royalties were growing and I thought, my gosh, this is going to be unbelievable because, you know, the, the whole tablets were starting to grow and people were, you were seeing more and more and, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and it was growing every single month and we were just kind of chilling and working with these different writers. We just, the, the biggest challenge was, finding good writers, but we had seven, eight really good writers that loved us and we loved them and we were working with them and publishing all these different books under pen names. And then Kindle, uh, Amazon introduced Kindle Unlimited and it was like the waterfalls had just turned off. They, they totally m- messed over their publishers and it was so good for so long. And then it's like, you know, you pay one fee and you can download unlimited number of books. And if you're not part of the Kindle, Kindle publishing program, then people will never find your book. They're going to hide it. And just a lot of stuff happened. I'm not going to get into, but again, okay, we'll just make a pivot because insanity is doing the th- same thing over and over, expecting different results, according to Einstein. And when Kindle Unlimited rolled out, Calvert Marketing Group, you know, rolled out. We're we're done. I'm not doing this anymore. It's not going to have the upside that I thought it would. We're we're done. So we're fine. We're done. If the horse is dead, get off of it. And again, we still have those books out there. We still make money from them, and it's really been cool from that standpoint because we haven't touched that that business in years, but we still get. Not what, near what we were at one time, but we still create a passive income from that. So over the years, uh, as, as I've kind of coasted and done different things and, you know, I've, I've really gotten more saddened, saddened with the dissipation of the network marketing business model. And I've watched. Over the years, you know, what once was the best opportunity in the world for people to become more really of a social club and a popularity contest and how many followers do you have and self-proclaimed gurus with day jobs or who've never made any money in network marketing, never helped anybody make any money, you know, but are great public speakers teaching people to do uh, what they've never done. And it's just, it was just unbelievable. I remember, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, there was a company that I was consulting and working with, and uh, 
the owner had uh, rented a mansion in Las Vegas, and he wanted me to come out there for the big MLM Pro uh, three-day mastermind big event in Vegas. And, you know, I was I was uh, working with them and doing a couple events a month in different cities, and things were rolling. So this guy, again, he... He's, 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 uh, he's rented this mansion and it's going to have all the top income earners in that company, which some really, really good people and, uh, wanted me to, to come out for the weekend and he had tickets and we'll take care of everything, Dale. And this is going to be the event of the year for network marketing and blah, blah, blah. And I can remember just physically getting sick to my stomach thinking about there is nothing that I would rather not do than spend three days with a bunch of three percenters and be around those egos for a weekend. It Nothing could turn my stomach more, and I had to figure out a way to politely decline the invitation, and he just couldn't believe that I didn't want to be Everybody's going to be here, Dale. And and again, it's like I think a lot of times people think I come from the same place they do, and, and a lot of people I just don't. A lot that I do, but there's a lot that I don't. And I can promise you hanging out a weekend in Las Vegas with a lot of the people that in my mind never decided, hey, you know what? My team needs a different level they don't have the transferable skills that I had when I entered this industry, and it's my responsibility to figure out what they need and get it to them from a mindset, skill set, development standpoint. And I just couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, so it, it, I, I, I'm, I'm just sharing with you what I've seen and what I felt and what I've seen. And, you know, over the years, uh, since 2000, I mean, I've been involved in real estate investing flipping websites, buying and selling, flipping domains, uh, sports cards investing. My brother and I owned a sports card and memorabilia shop at one time. Of course, affiliate marketing at some level, tax lien investing, email marketing. Uh, we bought and sold dozens of web properties. Uh, I've, I've been involved in some crypto Investing, not never a crypto opportunity. I don't believe in them. I, you don't need it, but I think as a store of value investment, it makes a lot of sense. And the list goes on and on and on. And I've always made money. It's never been an issue. I mean, for me, it's just find the best mentor, uh, block out all the other noise, study and go to work. It's just pretty simple. Who's the best? Block out everybody else, block out all the noise, study, learn what they teach, and go to work. And, you know, really, I think during my coasting period, in the back of my mind, I thought, well, I'm going to write a book at some point called Six Six-Figure Incomes because I believe that I could make six-figure incomes in six different niches in the same year, it wasn't something I was consciously working at, but it was something that was in the back of my mind. And honestly, for 15 years, you know, I just coasted because I love learning. I love business. But 
all the businesses that I was ever involved in, even the online auction you before that kind of went south, was um, they all lacked the passion because other people were really not involved that much. And, you know, I felt like myself personally, I, I, I felt like myself when I was on stage teaching and especially teaching network marketers. I mean, we've done our program in your mind for success seminar in multiple niches. And I was doing a couple events a month. Uh, every month I would allow myself to do two, no more than that. After online auction use, like I, because I've traveled so much, I don't really enjoy it. So I would accept up to two events a month prior to COVID. Of course, that's changed a lot because, you know, Atlanta has been a really good convention town. So it's been really good from that standpoint. But because of my background, I also realized people would, would hire me. Like I had this happen more than once to speak maybe at an insurance convention, real estate, whatever. And we would have the contract and then it's, oh no, he's got a network marketing background. And because of the stigma around that, it, it hurt my speaking, uh, uh, outside the profession, but it was no big deal because it was not something that I really ever tried to build or wanted to do. It was just something that kind of happened. But about five years ago, I decided, you know, I'm just going to, start a couple podcasts and spend as much time as I can to the network marketing. I started doing a Thursday night open to the public webinar for a couple of years. I don't do those anymore, but I just decided, you know what? I'm going to try to do my best to, to turn this ship around in network marketing. And everybody closest to me thought I'd gone crazy. It's like, Dale, you've, you've dis, dis, detached from it. You've got a good thing going. You've got seminars and trainings that you've been doing for years. You can do it in your sleep. Uh, you know, you're staying busy speaking at different events. Why would you want to start spending time doing podcasts or free webinars or anything like that? But I just wanted to see if it was possible to make a dent, really. And I, I think the thing that, that got me the most and the thing that I really understood and I was correct about and I'm so glad that I made the decision to start the podcast is that I knew podcast listeners would be like I was when I started. There'd be a lot of 27 percenters that just wanted true guidance, uh, people that would be willing to learn. And some of them would have the guts to actually go into the marketplace and implement that which they learned understanding that it was going to be very difficult for these people because they weren't in the culture of, you know, they were, they were probably in a social club culture. And, you know, I can remember, so you wouldn't believe the number of people that have sent me emails saying, Dale, I was getting ready to join your MLM training club and my group, my upline told me all I need to do is post on Facebook three times a day. If I want to build my business or some other ridiculous outrageous uh, suggestions that people have gotten through their uplines. It's, it's, it's just blown my mind at a level that I can't even begin to try to communicate. 
But I figured, you know, that there would be people that, that could get through their fears and could implement what we share. And then the others, you know, because my favorite topic to talk about is programming your mind for success. And I felt like, well, the rest I can help them understand and conquer their fears. I can help people get self-aware of their internal self-talk. And, and maybe I can make an impact and help some people. And really, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I've discovered over the last five years or so that there's some really good people out there that are sick and tired of the social club cultures and who haven't lost their dream of financial independence, creating residual income through network marketing. And, you know, I look at the whole entrepreneurial revolution that's happening around the world today. I mean, side gigs are now mainstream. They're all the rage. And the network marketing business model, without question, should be at the top of the entrepreneurial revolution that's happening around the world. But I understand why that it's not. I mean, I get it. And hopefully you do, too, at this point. And it was really because of the paradigm shift of 95. When a movement gets away from the core fundamentals that created growth, there's always unintended consequences. And, you know, today I stay in the loop with on new trends and, and home business models. Uh, I, 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 it's just something I, I can't get away from. And, and I know who the real mentors are, the people that don't just talk the talk, but walk the walk in multiple different categories. And, you know, I stay in the loop on Shopify stores. Don and I have three now or four. Uh, you know, it's, I'm excited to see eBay's made a comeback of sorts. Uh, we're very active in Amazon FBA. Some of you know, Don has one of the largest Hallmark collecting, uh, businesses in the United States. Uh, you know, I understand drop shipping, don't like it, don't agree with it, don't suggest it, but we've been involved in real estate investing, income producing websites. I understand and get the whole concept behind YouTube influencers and social media influencers and crypto, and, and I'm in the market. You know, I, I'm, I'm in the, the world. And because of that, I understand that if 20-year-old Dale had joined his first network marketing company today in 2021, even if it was APL Go, I would have missed it. 20-year-old Dale would have missed it. Why? I wouldn't have had the focus and understanding of why network marketing really is the best vehicle to create time, freedom, wealth, and legacy income for your family. Just way too many distractions, too many options, too many business vehicles. And again, you know, I've told people for years, if you want a couple hundred extra dollars a month, there's much better ways than trying to build a network marketing team. So I'm in a situation today, uh, my business and uh, my dedications, number one, are to our APL Go team. Number two is our Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy. Number three is our training club members, MLM training club members. Number four is really all entrepreneurial spirited people i love to be around entrepreneur spirited people and number five is network markers uh but it at this point in my life i understand 
that my best chance for impacting uh, for impacting the network marketing profession, really, my best chance, the best opportunity I have personally is to help 500 team members create six-figure full-time incomes and develop 10 millionaires on my personal team and document the entire process. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we've started. And see, I understand that the network marketing business model hasn't changed. It's still the best way in the world for an average person with above average desire to change their financial destiny and have the money to enjoy it and maybe even create legacy income for their family. I mean, there's people right now living very good lives because their mom and dad or their dad or their mom or somebody got involved in Herbalife or Amway or Shackley or Mary Kay years ago, learned the skill sets, mindsets, built huge organizations that have now spread all over the world. And even though they've passed on, their kids, a family member, is is still enjoying the residual income that their parents had the vision to go out and create because their parents got into this world that understood that success is not, it's not, oh, my products are free, therefore I'm successful. And, and, and they weren't in a social club environment. They were in an environment that inspired greatness and they went out and made it happen. And their kids are, are taken care of because of that. I mean, that's phenomenal. Um, Four or five years ago, I was somewhere in the Caribbean. I think it was maybe Jamaica. I can't really remember now. But uh, at the time, I was consulting and working with Total Life Changes uh, TLC. And they had a big meeting for their top leaders. It was in the Caribbean. I'm trying to remember where it was. Puerto Rico, maybe. But Don and I went, and we spoke. And it was just a uh, a, a getaway, a vacation and they invited us to come, and we, we went and had a great time, spoke at that event. I'm trying to remember. I remember there was a translator. I don't remember. But anyway, so we went, and that first night they had a huge dinner around the pool. It was really nice, big buffet. And the girl sitting beside us, it, it was like, Something just didn't connect. I hadn't seen her before, didn't really know her. But come to find out, her dad had gotten involved in TLC early, built a really nice organization, got to the top position in the company, and then he had passed. And she had inherited his business. And we're talking about Total Life Changes, which has been around for a while, but it's not, you know, an Amway Herbalife Shackley but they've been, you know, and, and, and I remember sitting there that night and it's like, man, if people could just understand, you know, she was talking about, I've never been out of the country before and this is, I'm having so much fun and I so appreciate my dad. And evidently her mom and dad had divorced and her, her dad had built this and left it to her and she didn't really even know anything about the company or what was going on. But that position qualified for that vacation, man, she was there and enjoying every minute of it. And I thought, how awesome is that? So my responsibility as a leader today 
is to provide, in my mind, is to provide enough prospecting systems to make the numbers make sense because the numbers in network marketing today do not make sense. Uh, the, the, because we're not the only game in town anymore. And, and it, 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 and I've said many times, it's the most gratifying business model in the world, but it is challenging. It's challenging because you're dealing with people and people are fickle and people have self-limiting beliefs and people have trouble understanding the importance of being consistent and, 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 and they have problems getting into a routine and a rhythm and they get too busy and too distracted with the wrong things and they, and focus is a major, major issue today for people. But I really believe that you can create a culture where people have can can create so many leads coming in that they can recruit their five people a month, five customers slash team members a month, and control their financial destiny in this profession. I believe it can be done. Uh, I I've kind of proven it to myself over the last thirty forty five days. And, and I know that there's still people in the marketplace. There are, there are a lot of people in the marketplace that are willing to plug in, master their craft, take responsibility and make it happen that, that they haven't lost their network marketing dream. And, and see, we're in a world today where Dreaming in network marketing is not really talked about much. It's, we, we don't talk a lot about financial independence and creating wealth and legacy income. That's not talked about in this profession. It's more about how do you get your products, get three so yours can be free. And, and we've dumbed it down to a point where we're just appealing to mediocrity at a level that's just uncomprehendable to me because network marketing, the business model has not changed. So the, the business model will still provide the wealth generation potential that it always has. But how do we, how do we make it work in today's environment? And it, and it always has been and it always will be X number of people contacted equals reasons fulfilled. So my job and what I'm, when I'm talking about network marketing lead generation 5.0 is how do I make sure that if a 27 percenter is willing to devote time, energy and effort every single day to their business to move their, their, their business forward, how can we have enough games in the marketplace to create enough qualified people in order for them to recruit their three to five once they develop the proper skill sets and mindsets. See, just because you're hanging out does not entitle you to do to accomplish anything. You've got to develop the right skill sets and mindsets. You've got to be willing to say, hey, are you still interested or can I go ahead and scratch you off my list for now? You gotta have the guts to do it right. Practice doesn't make perfect. Hanging out doesn't make perfect. Just because you're hanging around and listening to podcasts doesn't entitle you to any kind of success. Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. And people gotta understand that. You know, let's see how good you are. Let's see how well you can refine your skills. Let's see. Here's your challenge. Go for it. You can get better. You know, yeah, just because you're, you, 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 you're on the basketball court 
and 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 you you know you've been playing basketball for years you aren't going to become a good free throw shooter until you decide you're going to until you visualize that ball swishing through the net before you ever shoot it you got to get the right mindset skill sets and practice perfect practice makes perfect and 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 I'm not going to sugarcoat it and I'm not going to high five you when I know you haven't even talked to your mama yet I'm just not going to play that game. But I, but see, I think there's people, I know there are, that want, that are sick and tired of the social club. They're sick and tired of people being recognized and put on pedestals that they know have never done anything. And, and they're ready to get down to where the rubber hits the road. So I know and I've proven to myself that there's still a lot of good people out there that have not lost the network marketing dream. And I believe it's your responsibility as a leader to to tell people the truth based upon wisdom of the ages, success principles. That's your responsibility. You know, and I told somebody last week, look, Calvert Marketing Group's no social club. If you don't want to be accountable, if you don't want to to progress and move forward and 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 understand that it's all on you. I'm going to do everything. I will work harder for you than you're willing to work for yourself, but I'm not going to work. I'm not going to push a rope. I'm not going to do it. If you're not going to get, get in, stay in and get plugged in and move forward, there's very little I can do. But if you're willing to move forward, then I'm willing to support you every way I possibly can. And that's just the way it has to be. It's not personal. It's business. So, That's the paradigm shift in 1995. When a movement gets away from the core fundamentals that created growth, there's always unintended consequences that compel over time, and 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 uh, and false information gets into the marketplace. It becomes mainstream best business practices. It's crazy. It's crazy. The I mean, there's people in network marketing that would be turning over in their grave. Uh, if they saw some of the stuff that's being spewed and spouted and talked about and taught today, there's some they just would be because they understand. Build people, people build the business. And when you're when you're telling people what they want to hear to keep them on auto ship one more month, all you're doing is wasting everybody's time. So. That's the paradigm shift of 95. It's when it really happened is when we started focusing on the wrong things, on recruiting each other, competing with each each other, and not understanding the real prospect is the person that's at a dead-end job that they can't stand. And it's just continued. So I hope that's helped you. I'm going to end this. Uh... As I said earlier, we uh, we got back from Florida yesterday, and of course today is a catch up day. Trying to get through as much stuff as I can, and uh, I got an email though that that kind of spoke to me a little bit, and I thought I was going to share this with you. I'm not going to tell you who did it. Uh, he knows he he listens to podcast every week, 
He's been a guy that I've, I've never personally met, but he's a very, very deep thinker. And he's always asked some very challenging, insightful questions. And I got this email, and uh, he had listened to last week's podcast with Robert Blackman, the, the, the article that Robert did. And if you haven't heard that, it's really worth listening to. It's session 220. But he sent me this email, and I thought I would just kind of end it with this. He said, just got out of my car after listening to MOM Success Podcast number 220. My frustration feels like borderline schizophrenia. (laughs) My frustration feels like borderline schizophrenia. And again, this is a millionaire entrepreneur involved in other business models, primarily real estate. I've never met, talked to through email only, maybe on the phone once. I can't really remember, but very entrepreneur-minded, business-minded person. Uh, is involved with our APL Go team, but hasn't decided if he's going to move forward or not. But he's plugged in. He's he's still plugged in, but he's a he's very very analytical, and so I probably should have set that up before I started. So that's that's who wrote this. My frustration frustration feels like borderline schizophrenia. On the one hand, every piece of content content you put out there is spot on you are always speaking and he's got in quotes the truth the organization leadership and processes you are building with your apo go team is impressive you you really are that servant leader on the other hand i listen to you talking about the industry and it's the equivalent of catching a falling knife. <laughs> it's the equivalent of catching a falling knife. How, how, that, that's a good description. I wonder why in the world would they'll be trying to single-handedly, which I'm really not trying to single-handedly, but hit, I'm, I'm not going to comment. Here's his words. Why Dale would be trying to single-handedly turn around the entire industry. He could take his skills and training and apply them in other spaces without all the stigma that has been built up since 1995. Heck, sell off the IP, run a few e-com businesses, put the excess cash in some real estate, and stay in Florida. (laughs) Even with the four stars aligning, as you said, the number of people that you have to sift through today is crazy to get a possible leader not even counting creating customers in my heart the ideal and theory of mlm has never been more necessary in my heart the idea ideal and theory of mlm has never been more necessary just a rant struggling between the business guy and me and the guy who says who says too many red flags and the individual who thinks this could change lives. Appreciate your work. So that was the email I got. And uh, this was my response. And and hopefully this will help people understand really where I'm coming from. I said, look, I understand 100%. This will change lives. It is what I'm supposed to be doing. 
I just sponsored a 20-year-old young man, Carlos, originally from Mexico. He read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then he found me. What if? I also sponsored a gentleman this week, 65 years old in California, originally from India. He helped Herbalife expand to expand in India back in the day. He operates an orphanage in Los Angeles to get kids off the street. He needs three to 5000 a month to support his orphanage. He replied to a safe list email that we sent. What if? I could go on and on. I believe miracles are going to happen. I 100% understand it makes no business sense. But we can still create a team that can impact a lot of people and ultimately this industry. Dale. So that's where I'm at. I believe the right people will find us, find members of our team. I believe if we develop the right culture based upon wisdom of the ages principles, that we can have major impact on lives. I mean, how many stories are people going to need to hear of, of the gentleman that now supports his orphanage through? And again, I might not ever hear from this guy again. I, I have people every day that I don't know if I'm ever going to hear from them again, but I do know that there's going to be enough stories that are going to be created over the next year, two, three, four, five, that's going to have a major, major positive impact and a ripple effect on businesses and families all over the world. And I believe that, and I don't know why, I just do. So that was my res- my, my response, I, obviously, The last thing I said was I believe miracles are going to happen. I 100% understand it makes no business sense, but we can create a team that can impact a lot of people and ultimately the industry, and that's what I believe, and that's how I ended the email. You know, I love the network marketing profession. I despise what it's become since 1995. Three percenters with transferable skills are trying to teach 27 percenters and violating wisdom of the age's success principles every day in hopes of developing a following instead of focusing on developing future leaders on their teams. That's what it is. I don't want the paradigm shift of 1995 to destroy this profession that absolutely changed my life. And, you know, the next five years, I want to give this all I have and document the entire journey for future team members and career-minded network markers. We've, you know, we've all heard the quotes around, you know, that you need to have big, hairy, audacious goals are, you know, one of my favorites attempt to do something so big that unless God himself intervenes, it's bound to fail. We've all heard, you know, shoot for the moon. If you miss, you're still among the stars. And I understand now the only financial goal, and I talked about this, you know, in the last three or four months, uh, but the only financial goal is net worth because if you set a specific income goal, what happens when your, your, your business and your life is gets way beyond your your wildest dreams. I mean, then you have all kinds of problems. You know, what happens when you when you surpass your wildest goals? So the the the, the only financial goal is net worth. 
But the real personal satisfaction comes from working with and changing the lives of free men and women, as Robert talked about last week in his article. But when you can lead and guide and direct and help free men and women change because of a cause and a movement, that's where personal satisfaction really comes from. It's, it's, I believe for everybody, but I know for me. I believe the right people are going to find our te- find our team members, and I believe the culture we're developing, and along with the network marketing lead generation 5.0 concept, we are developing. It's going to have it's going to be impactful, positively impact a lot of people, and I just believe it. Uh, throughout my career, I mean, I've always been misunderstood because people think my motivation comes from the same place theirs does. But I've always had goals that money can't buy. Always. And I know the four stars have lined up. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about there, mlmsuccess.com forward slash the numeral four S-T-A-R-S. But but I know that the four stars have lined up, and I'm very thankful to be at this place and time in my life. There's nothing more gratifying for me than than helping free men and women achieve their dreams, as Robert talked about in his article, that hopefully we preserved it for others in last week's podcast, that it just wasn't an article that was on Facebook once and gone. You know, hopefully we preserve that for other people to hear down the road. And I hope that this session has moved you to think and that you will do your very best to lead your team with the fundamental personal development, mindsets, and wisdom of the ages principles that have always created success and that this industry was founded upon. Thanks for listening, guys. Have an awesome week. This is Del Calvert. Think about what you've heard. As we say many times, the teaching's in the words, but the learning's in the silence. If you need to go back and listen to this, it might be a good idea. Thank you. If you haven't checked out MLMSuccess.com, you can go over there, check out some of the blog posts that we have. We're doing a little bit of work over there, not a lot, but we're going to try to build that site out a little bit. I hope what I, something I've said has created some type of reaction uh, as always I appreciate your feedback and your comments thank you guys who set me straight after last week's podcast where I did I did do a lousy job at explaining what I was trying to communicate hopefully this week uh, it's it's connected with you you guys have an awesome one I'll talk to you soon if you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review what are you waiting for? At Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize. And more importantly, it helps others like you find us. So if you've not taken the time to rate this podcast, please go over to iTunes and do that for us now. It will only take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business, and we will be back next week with another inspiring success story. 
Wisdom of the Ages training, or answers to your questions.